Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen, you friendly co-podcast host. I know, and I am supposed to tell you that we are recording. Well, thank you. I am now informed. Okay, great. Do you see Do you see the little recording thing happening? No. It's not on your screen? No, not that I see. Oh, okay, that's weird. Well, hopefully this is working. Yeah, so for those of you not in the room with the two of us, we're recording a different way than we typically have been for the last three plus years, and we're hoping it works. If you're hearing us, that means it's it. That means success. Uh, other, you know, otherwise, um, you know, we're if, screwed. If you're not hearing this, or if we sound tentative, I should say, it's because we don't know. We have no idea. We could totally be doing this and like it's not recording, and then nobody is going to hear the sound of our voices except for each other. Just in case this is going to be lost for the ages, I'll make a point of being extra dumb. Okay. Because cool. if it is lost, then not a loss. Excellent. Hey. You're welcome. <laughs> but here we are back on the block hey hey we're back on the block we're at season four episode 28 what comes up must come down i don't quite get that but no that's i don't get the title about. either and if they are being innuendo it's really not worth it okay yeah i agree so um, with this episode, Melrose Place continues its rapid descent into pure <laughs> garbage. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of the best way to describe this episode ahead of time. And most of the words that came up were either poo-poo or doo-doo. Yeah, that's, and that is about the, I would say, um, age range of the writers who wrote this thing, I think. You know, um, in terms I mean, of the language. <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, yeah, and plotting-wise and dialogue-wise, I mean, all of it, not wise at all. Not okay. wise at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's one small development that happens in this episode that I'm a fan of because of what it will bring forth. And otherwise, no, I don't like anything. I don't know. I'm no. super curious to see if your development is the same as my development. Ooh. That I, I don't felt. think you can pick up the sound of me rubbing my hands together in excitement, but I was doing that. Uh, yes, so there was we'll definitely a we'll new development I felt positive about, um, but we'll dig into that later. So, I mean, the good news is we, we, we had Matt in this episode. I mean, but there's bad news there, too. I know, ever so briefly. So basically, we have a brief snippet of Matt, a slightly longer brief snippet of Sid... And once again, both storylines make absolutely no sense. They go nowhere. Yep. It's yep. like they just wanted to throw these characters and these actors into the episode, lest viewers forget that they have not moved. <laughs> or maybe we're required to throw them in the episode. Oh, Matt really obligation. <laughs> so should we just get Matt out of the way since he was literally in one scene? Yeah, and it's the last scene. It's not even like they start out with Matt. It's like you have to wait all episode to get to a Matt scene, and it's not even worth it. Because yeah. take it away. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's like the writers were like, oh, shit, Matt, he's still on the show. We need yeah. to, you know what I mean? It's like they completely forgot about him. I think they did. Okay, I'm going to say something else, and I could probably have saved it when we were talking more about the Matt storylines on this episode. But you know how when... You watch something and it it's like it's not a realistic portrayal of, say, an adult woman. And you go, no men are writing on this show or something like that. You're like, mm -hmm. they're not writing what they know. Right. I'm not positive. I have not checked. I know Darren Starr is gay. I'm pretty sure other writers on the show were gay. And it's like they can't even be true to what they know is real in any of the Matt storylines, because what they throw Matt time and time again is such horse shit. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't know that I'm qualified to speak on the, um, on the gay I'm male not. experience <laughs> to sort of say one way or the other, you know, to know whether it rings true or not. But I will say, you know, in terms of giving Matt these crap storylines, absolutely. And I wondered is it was it a reflection of the time because they couldn't do I much think, with him? I think yes. I think it is specifically a reflection of Fox 
Um, because the one thing I do know is that at the end of season two, when Matt kissed Billy's best man, best friend that we never saw again. Right. They the, we never saw the show, Right. They couldn't even show that. And they couldn't. And that was network pushback because that was advertiser pushback and affiliate pushback. So they probably never even tried again to do anything racy or progressive with Matt. Right. I mean, because anytime Matt has had a relationship, I mean, it's like the platonic hugs that, that he and the, you know, he and the guys. Yeah. Have. And I feel like the conflict is always, well, this person won't come out. Matt yeah. can't have an honest relationship. Matt can't have an open relationship. And right. that's the problem. Or that right. leads to whatever the other problems become. So I guess in a way it simplifies the, you know, the uptight advertiser it simplifies the situation with the uptight advertisers in that because they constantly throw him together with closeted you know with in closeted relationships they can't go around expressing you know expressing love physically expressing love like the other actors they're not going to be racy scenes right yeah there will be no racy scenes and there's nothing for you know for these advertisers to to sort of like you know throw a fit about Right. And so I think that's why we end up where we end up. But we've already talked longer than Matt's scene in this episode. So we might as well just sum it up and move on. Okay. So Matt's on a date. Okay. Wait, let's go. We got to backtrack so, two episodes where we left Matt. Yes. Because we didn't, we didn't see Matt last week. The episode before that is actually where um, Alan came back and said that he outed himself anonymously. And so we thought, oh, maybe there's more with Matt and Alan. But no. No. Well, yeah, the writers set it up like, you know, here comes Alan knocking on Matt's door. I outed myself. I want to be with you. Like, you know, he sort of like went off and got married and then had this, you know, come to Jesus moment and decided that he wanted to, you know, go back to L.A. and have this relationship with Matt. And he outed himself. And it was like this big dramatic thing. Well, not really, but it could have been a big dramatic thing, but it wasn't really um, because all of this happened kind of offstage. and you think, well, okay, they're going to propel this. Story. Well, no, you know what? They sent Alan to New York, never to be heard from again. Right. Maybe acting with uh, Sandy on the soap. Maybe acting with Sandy. So but yeah, instead they gave themselves the opening to bring Alan back in. And Alan is gone. And Alan is gone. So it, it begs the question, why did they even bother doing that? Why couldn't exactly. Alan have just had his career? Right. Then why couldn't they have just said, we're not seeing eye to eye. Your career is more important. I can't do this. Goodbye. Yeah. And there's and there's good material to mine for Matt alone in that. But they don't. And that's the thing. I mean, there could have been a or with him coming back, there could have been this fantastic storyline about what that impact was on his career, how Matt and he dealt with it in the relationship, because this could really throw a wrench in a relationship. Sure. You know, as there could be all sorts of things about trust issues, about communication issues, whatever. Yeah. 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 But I mean, I don't know. I was like, well, why make it hard if you can make it cray? I mean, I mean, like, it just was, it just makes no sense. It, it, I think that they wrote the, they must've been writing this on a week to week basis instead of like now I know that they write, you know, I know show, I know shows are usually like the writer's rooms are active while shows are filming, but usually there's a bit of lead time, you know, on the and usually there's and filming. an arc of sorts mapped out. Yeah, now, it's like it's I'm like they almost plot- inclined. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just saying, I'm almost inclined to believe then that maybe for their preferred actors or preferred characters storylines, they do have an arc, so they're more attentive to Amanda and Peter's stuff. They're more attentive to Jake or Jane or whoever. But I'm not even sure that they're doing that this season because nothing gels from one week to the next anyway. But either way, they're they're not connecting any of the dots here. And it's not like Matt's had so much to do that it's easy to lose sight of where he might be from one episode to another. 
Right. And, you know, I, I have to say, like, I've kind of half-assed started paying attention this season when it started really going off the rails to see, like, were they were they trying out new writers every episode? And so we have these writers that maybe weren't as invested in these storylines and were just sort of, like, simply chucking them aside. But I've seen, like, I don't repeated so. names. names. I don't think the so. The names are the names that have been involved. And it doesn't mean just because that's the writer assigned to the episode or whose name is on the episode that they were really the one doing all the lifting. I know that there's a whole staff and it's almost a willy-nilly thing to assign to various episodes, but I'm inclined to believe that it's the same core group of people that have been with the show, if not from the beginning, that have all been on for at least since season two and it got good. Right. Um, oh, by the way, I can see the thing that says Karen is recording the call. So guys, I think we're okay. Oh, yay. <laughs> okay. So... So Matt has this one scene. He is on a date. A date at Shooters. Um, okay, with, but date, it's with David, who also David. I thought was in. I thought Matt and David were now in the doghouse with each other, too, because of, like, the fight they had two episodes back. Right. Well, it sure looked that way, because I have to say, like, David, for all his, like, remember at the beginning when he wasn't interested in Matt, but he was, like, super nice and really sunshiny. And now he's just, like, this sullen little prick. Yeah, he's he's like sulky and immature and unforgiving, which then bye girl. Right, and that totally wasn't and, and that totally wasn't the guy that we met at the beginning of the season. No. Also, Matt is being a dick in this scene. Well, they're all being like, dicks in this scene. Like we we the point of the scene is all Matt is doing on this essentially date with David is just whining about Alan being gone and it being over and him quote unquote being over Alan and David has to finally say to this drunk version of Matt look that's enough all you're doing is talking about Alan goodbye which yeah. which I, I I didn't need because I wasn't worried about them closing the loop on Matt and David I was interested in them closing the loop or continuing to circle around with Alan you know, this scene didn't have to be Matt on a date. It could have been Matt with Allison. It could have been Matt with Absolutely. Jake. It, it Absolutely. could have been, you know, we didn't need to bring David into this. And then David could have come up later. And right. so, you know, and so this whole thing just, I don't know, it was just a total waste. And it was just a way to get background on, you know, on Alan, since we have no idea what happened to him. Yes. Now. I think we are done with Matt. I think we are done with Matt's storylines with David and Alan. In the four or five episodes we have left, I think Matt has a slightly new, not really compelling story. And I think it connects to Joe. So maybe we head over to Joe. Wait, hold on. So all this shit with Matt and David and Alan, it's, we're just throwing this aside for the rest of the season. I'm going on memory and memory tells me yes. Jesus. Okay. I will, tell, I will tell you for sure that Matt is not involved with either of them in season five. Um, and I don't think we see either of them again. Could be wrong. We're going on almost 24 years to the day, but that's what my memory tells me. But you have a memory of an elephant. So I trust it. Elephant when it comes to Fox TV. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what, like shit your memory rejects because it's just got so much fox i do too the thing is i don't know <laughs> all right so well, we're gonna actually, move on to i will that. say i will say something not <laughs> i know we're making we're stretching this out longer than it deserves but um the thing about my memory is i just feel like if i'm paying attention when i'm watching something i will remember it forever and the reason why i remember all of this stuff so well is because i was a really rapt viewer back in the day and the reason why i can't remember stuff that i've seen from the last 10 years is because i think a lot of it is crap and i cannot fully engage with it and that's why i do not remember it well you know it's really funny because this is why i have to take notes with this show because i found you know i gave up my note taking for a little while um, because I felt like I wasn't actually, like, watching the show. I was just taking notes. So I gave it up. And then I ended up being in this place where I would, like, be ready for this, the pod, to record the podcast with you. And I'd be like, I have no idea what happened on that episode. Well, that's why it's good that the two of us do it together. Because I feel like we can always jog or nudge the other one. Um, there are people that do it completely on their own. And they have to have notes. Because I don't know how else you run the whole show. Well, I went back to my notes now. 
I went back um, to note taking. Fair, but I will say, oh, I keep stretching stuff out. But as a quote unquote critic, um, I never take notes because I think a it's rude if I'm watching live theater and taking notes. I find it distracting, but also. I will not be able to pay as close attention or engage if I'm going back and forth between note taking and being a watcher. So that's why that, I try and be strictly a watcher. That is how I felt um, while I was taking the notes with Melrose. And, but I just found like it, the storylines and like, it just didn't stick in my head. Yeah. I think and I that, need the notes. Yeah. And yeah. I do? think, some of the time, if that's happening, it could be just because the episodes were not great. Mm-hmm. Well, that so explains you this are reason. exonerated. Yeah. Especially okay. right now. <laughs> so, Joe, she gets a new storyline. Yeah, she basically inherits a storyline from Sid. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, so I need to know. This is the storyline I liked. Oh, this is not the storyline I was thinking of, but I'm, but I, I like the story. Okay. I don't know where it's going to go. I will say we don't know where it goes, but at the moment I'm intrigued. First of all, I am intrigued because it doesn't have to do with Joe getting involved with another shit guy. No, it's not Joe making bad decisions around a man. Right. Which is completely refreshing because it seems like that's all she does. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they reduced her. That's what they reduced her to. Okay. So Sid has this friend, Lori, from Chicago. From and Lori Chicago. Ar- from arrived- their wild days, I guess, when Sid was 12. Yeah. <laughs> Lori arrives un- unannounced and unexpectedly um, to Melrose Place with her son, Tyler. Um, but Sid is nowhere to be found. Um, so Joe meets them by, you know, saving Tyler from falling into the pool and drowning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then offers to let them stay at her place while they wait for Sid to come home. And so now through this whole exchange, uh, Joe is making these moony eyes at the kid. And it was like, okay, remember when she had her baby boy taken away? Yeah. Now, this is kind of why I liked the storyline, because we were referring back to, you know, a story when Joe was slightly more likable although this was pretty much the time this was pretty much when she started making the bad decisions around men yes but the but she made good decisions in terms of the 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 child giving up the son the custody all that stuff that was not her fault yes yes all the men before and after were her fault they were stupid choices but the kid stuff, like, no one ever doubted that she could have been a good mother. It was just she knew her life was so shitty that Austin would have a better life elsewhere. Or exactly. she could have moved. But whatever. Right. And also, there was the kidnapping situation there, but that wasn't her fault. That was Kimberly. Well, there was the fault of Reed's parents. And there was the fault of Kimberly, like, kidnapping the child. Both of yes. them. So I don't yes. fault Joe for either of those things. I don't blame her for that at all. So, okay. Anyway. So Joe has these maternal instincts that she never really gets to, you know, make good on. Right. And now they are coming out with this kid, Tyler. Meanwhile, we do have to throw this in here. Sid basically has no time for Lori or Tyler because she's busy with Bobby. Right. If we go back even further, we actually have the first scene after the credits is a fake out. We have goons have tied Bobby up. They they have guns on him. Um, and then it turns out that it was only a dream. It was it was Sid's dreaming about Bobby and how she could save him and he could fall for her. You know, she the mom tried to get, Yeah. She's <laughs> trying to get Bobby into bed, but alas. Um so she's just she keeps working on Bobby and she's busy working on Bobby and that's why she cannot um, make time nor room in her apartment for for Lori and the kid. Tyler? Tyler. Uh, yeah, Tyler. And so basically, she, Sid tells Lori that Joe has a fixation on kids and use it while she can for the free babysitting. Yeah. So we never really find out or we don't know yet why Lori and the kid are there, what they're doing in L.A. 
Um, it seems like there was some sort of breakup with a spouse or a significant other on Lori's part, but it is all very vague. It is, yeah, it's vague. It's one of those things where we know or expect to learn uh, the more to, there's more to the story. Right. Um, and so at one point, Joe comes home to find Lori grabbing Tyler in a not very nice way, which kind of yeah. piques her, you know, her, her antenna go up. Yeah. You know, she's, yeah. she's concerned. Yeah. And then I guess Lori's out looking for a job. That's never quite clear, but she's out. And so Joe is babysitting and it's time to give Tyler a bath. And when Tyler takes his shirt off, she notices that there are bruises all over his back. Yes. So, you know, the question is now, will Joe do the right thing and call the cops? Probably not, but she's going to get involved. Joe's going to get involved. Look, Joe was the one who tried to to find out the truth about Richard and, you know, the Luau runway shoot. So, you know, Joe is a truther. Joe is probably going to do some digging. Um, two things here. The first is this is actually when she finds the those terrible bruises on poor Tyler. That's the last moment of the episode, which is. is kind of an odd way for the episode to end because it wasn't really an A or even a B plot as far nope. as I thought as I was following it. So it's so it's odd. Um and that's one reason why we dove into this storyline instead of I think saving it for the end, because it just doesn't really carry that high through the episode. Just something I, I thought as I watched. The other thing is, do you know the actress who plays Lori? I mean not that I think you would know her or recognize her from anything, but do you know who she is? Okay. Was hold on. Was that what's her name? Um, Denise Richards. No. No. Right. No. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad because you just threw me because I thought Denise Richards was somebody else and I was like, shit. Sure. Yeah. It is. It is. I'm sure the somebody else you're thinking of. No. The name of the actress who plays Laurie Sid's friend is Justine Priestley, who is Jason Priestley's sister. Get out of town. Oh, I remember then that was like a semi big deal for a moment. So that so that was like her one and done show like Melrose Place because I've never seen her before or after. I think she probably did some other guest work. I think she was and maybe still is Canadian based and maybe did some other work in Canada. I think the Melrose guest spot is really like her one big credit. Wow. Uh, So that was that and probably a favor that. Jason asked the spelling people to do for him. He did a solid. That's total conjecture based on nothing, but I'm sure. That's what I would have done. I would have done that too. Hell, why not? Um, So I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to digging into this storyline a bit, mostly because it doesn't involve Joe making bad choices around men. Mostly because we'll make a bad choice around this kid, but that is more interesting at this point. It's not Joe with any adult man and therefore it's already better yes exactly so where do we go from here i mean you know there was no richard should we just like tackle jane and jake i think we can definitely get that one out of the way quick because that there wasn't much to them either um you know i i mean basically ever since the you know what the outing of the assistant um and that took like one scene to work out between Jake yeah. and, Jane and they're still together. Um, I guess she's been fired. And, and basically like Jake is now pu- trying to get Jane and Richard back together in this partnership because as he says to Jane, consulting wasn't working. Ugh, they didn't even try. Remember that hot really- minute where Richard was brought in as a consultant. And then like the next week he was like planning, you know, he was, he was, planning on 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 how jake was going to cheat on jane with this partner yeah 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 yeah. so anyway um jane gets mad at jake for that and then she's she's not mad anymore and admits she needs the help because suddenly busy jane can't pay her cutters and has no work i don't know what all that was about and so basically she agrees to take richard back on there is no richard in this episode no funnily enough there's no alicia and there's no richard which means there's also not as much forward movement with either of those stories. But I'm also fine with that because those stories are at a standstill anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I could really care less if Richard or Alicia show back, show their faces back on that world. Yeah. Like, I but really they will, care. but they will. Oh, we're not done yet. Okay, 
So that's them. Where do we go now? I mean, so I think we can go straight through everything else because Billy, Peter, Amanda, Allison, Michael, Kimberly, all sort of intersect along a wavy line if we just do it chronologically. But I have a question. Wait, but are we going to forget like what was probably actually now that I'm thinking about it, the best part of this episode? Or are we saving that for the very, very end? We are saving it for the very end, because if you think that I have skipped it, then you will tell us at the very end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. Um, or if you want, you can, I mean, you can, you know, interject whenever and be like, but don't forget this thing happened and it was the best thing that I saw all week or something. No, I will add it at the end of the episode. Okay. At the end of our um, episode. So I have a question. Okay. So the cold open is Peter walks into Amanda's apartment and gets a surprise because he sees Billy with Amanda in the shower. Yes. Now, look, Peter and Amanda are not dating, and he has now broken into her apartment. He does not have a claim on her right now. He has no right to A, break in, or B, be upset to find that Amanda is with Billy. But that's not my question. Oh, good, because I couldn't answer that for you. My question is, the reason why Peter is there is because it's Amanda's birthday and he has brought a gift. Yes. And this may be a Melrose time warpy thing, but I feel like her birthday kind of lasts for like four days over the course of this episode. Well, I don't know about you, but I have a birthday week. Oh, I barely have a birthday. So, so Oh, weird. no, no, no. And sometimes if, if like, if my birthday week was particularly shitty, I will decide that I'm going to have a birthday month. Oh, I love that idea. I know. I'll remember that. I'll remember that as when the fall comes around again. Yeah. And apparently, like, I'm not the only, like, like I, for the longest time, I thought it was just me because I've been doing this for years. I mean, really, ever since um, I got married because, you know, you get married and all of a sudden you've got a spouse and you can say, hey, it's my birthday for like a week, you know, um, and you can kind of get away with that. I'm not doing the dishes. It's my birthday for, you know, generally speaking for a couple of days around your birthday. And so I instituted, we will have a birthday week. So everybody has a birthday week. And then, you know, one year we definitely did have birthday, birthday months, but then I had, I don't know, I was reading some like, you know, snarky article on the internet that said something about every, you know, your birthday is one day. Everybody stop having birthday weeks. I'm like, who else has birthday weeks besides me? And I am not going to stop. Fuck you rando on the internet. Yeah, I would not listen to any, any internet peeps, for sure. Um, I feel like I knew of one woman at work who made a point of it being her birthday month, and I didn't know what that meant. Like, do you just tell people they have to be nice to you all month, every day, remind them that it's your birthday month? Basically, yeah. If you have a significant other, it's, like, way better. And, you know, as long as they don't, like, leave you in the middle of it because they're so fed up. Um, because then you can sort of be like, oh, sorry, can't do laundry. It's the birthday month. Sorry, no dishes, birthday month, you know. So you can kind of pull out the birthday card. Good to know. Good yeah, to know. I think though. the extent of it for me is I will say uh, when it, it, this is not the same, but on my quarter, half, and three quarters birthday, I will say to my fiance, oh, it's my three quarters birthday. And she'll smile and look away and that's about it. Oh, see, now, I don't do the three quarters. The ha I'm not uh, really celebrating it anyway. Like I just acknowledge. But I do. See, the other reason why, like, the birthday month or the birthday week is great is, like, you can have cake more than once. So, and for me, like, I, like birthday cake is my favorite. It's my favorite, too. It is my hands-down favorite dessert, and it's one of those things where you only eat it on birthdays. Like, nobody, like, nobody goes to the store. Well, sometimes I do this, but, like, nobody really goes to the store and buys a birthday cake or comes home and makes a birthday cake unless it's your birthday you don't just randomly buy birthday cakes for dessert no but once i did it's crazy i was in the supermarket i saw a supermarket i was in the supermarket and i saw uh, an ice cream cake and i fucking bought the whole thing no and... no 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 ice cream cakes no, no well then i have something else to tell you okay I'm three blocks away from a Magnolia bakery and I will buy big ass birthday cake slices occasionally because I can. Ooh, see now. I love that. See, and nobody really does sliced birthday cake. That's unusual. Well, I'm not going to buy the whole cake. 
Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like bakeries, like bakeries that sell slices don't normally do birthday cake slices. Like you'll have coconut cake slices or chocolate cake slices, but right. you get birthday cake slices. Right. You would probably have to order them. I know. Like that and so that's like that's why like when I have birthday weeks or birthday months, I can have more than one cake. And since birthday cake is my favorite, I get to have my favorite more than once. Speaking of favorites, in the next day or two, you know what we're baking? No. A lemon cake. Ooh. Yeah, so we'll take you a guys, I have to say, have been baking fiends. I have been following your Instagram. Thank you. And it's all food because we ain't doing anything else or going any other place. It is really spectacular what you guys have been whipping up. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about the lemon cake. I look forward to sharing. It is one thing I've never, um, I've never attempted. What I did have for the first time over the weekend, however, first time for me was lemon curd. And? Really sweet, really delicious. Had no idea until like three days. Like it took me three days of like spreading this shit on my gluten-free bread that I actually bought specifically so I could eat this lemon curd. But that sucker has got 100 calories per tablespoon. <laughs> And I know, and regular jam is but like 40. But who's counting in this moment? Re regular jam is 40. And I was like, what the hell is in this thing? And I look, and it's got it's eggs. It's like, it's it's got eggs in it. I had no idea, which I guess curd would be, I guess, eggs. But yeah. lemon curd has we eggs We made lemon no curd idea. recently with one of our recipes. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not we're not honoring any diet at this point. Yeah, but I mean, it was, I mean, neither am I, but it was like kind of an eye popper to see that it was, I was kind of like, ooh, maybe put the lemon curd down. I was like, maybe no, treat just yourself. put the lemon curd down. No, you yeah. ate it, right? Yeah, I did. I mean, it's delicious. And, and you felt, and you felt okay is my most important question. Yes, right? I did. And who effing cares? I know, who effing cares? It's the fucking pandemic. We're That's all going right. to die. Eat the fucking lemon curd. That's right. I'm glad all of you listeners who come to this podcast for an escape with some positivity. Well, there you go. <laughs> Eat your cake because we're all going to die. There you go. Eat your fucking lemon curd because we're all going to die. So I hope we bake this lemon cake before the end. Um, and I guarantee you this conversation is light years better than the plot that we're going to describe for you. Yeah, so uh, so Amanda has a week-long birthday because it's her birthday week. During which, Allison has come back to the office to get more of her stuff. So she gets another lecture from Amanda and gives her her own little warning back about, you know, don't play these games. Billy is also mean to her, so we know that we should still dislike Billy. Um you know, I don't ahead. know. I don't know where Allison's sort of like. Allison's already like all of a sudden she's very principled. Yeah, her, she's self-righteous. In fairness, she was never using anyone to climb the corporate ladder. She was just falling down, drunk a lot, and missing work. Right. Um, but you know, I was sort of watching this and yelling at the TV, Allison, you can't eat your principles, nor can you pay the rent with them. But she's never been concerned about that anyway. No, I really feel like rent is on a sliding scale at Melrose Place. Yeah, because that's the other thing. I'm surprised Amanda isn't like, you can't quit. You won't be able to pay your rent. Yeah, or kicking her out because she just knows that she can't pay the rent. Right, exactly. But she does get a boon because Jake offers her a shift at Shooters. Jake to the rescue. And this is actually the development that I like. Oh, that she's working there or the fact that like once Jake hires her, she's like, wow, Jake, you just employ everybody who's down on their luck from Melrose Place. It's pretty much all of that together. <laughs> it's the combo. I mean, these are these little moments in Melrose that I really do appreciate. These sort of like the callbacks to something that happened like ages ago. You know, the fact that, you know, Jake is always hiring the down on the luck roommates, you know, or housemates or whatever over in the Melrose and place mate. Lucky and luckily for him, there are so many. No, I just wish I just wish he could have been like, well, you know, ever since Matt has gone into his accelerated <laughs> med school program, he hasn't been working here anymore, so you could pick up his shift. Well, I love how like nobody has any experience, but like they're just like diving right in and they're just really good waiters. Yeah, I mean no one has any experience doing anything, and they still do it, so it doesn't matter. 
That's true. That's true. Um, so, so she's going to work at Shooters. Jake, it's, it, Jake says it does come at a price because he wants her to help out with Jane. Yes. So there is a conversation that Jane and Allison apparently have over the course of the episode that we never see. And I do wish we had seen that. But, you know, there was just so much other exciting stuff going on. I know. I know. And that was the conversation that turned Jane around and said, okay, yes, I will I bring Richard on board for my company. I mean, you know, again, it was sort of like, whatever. Yeah, it is pretty whatever. There is a, a funny-ish scene where Billy and Amanda are at Shooters and, again, are nasty to Allison because, lo and behold, she's the waitress at their table or server, whatever. Um, and during that scene, the, that's when Amanda and Billy... Uh, I mean, I think Amanda is pretty blatantly to us manipulating Billy to talk to Arthur Field, the Michael DeBar character. Um, Which was actually, like, really great because Amanda is, like, you know, having these crocodile tears to try and, like, you know, about her contract to try and get yeah. Billy to, you know, to agree. Put a to, word in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was really so, sort of interesting about, I think, this whole this whole Amanda-Billy thing is, like, now that Amanda's in the picture, he's no longer Brooke-possessed Billy and is kind of returning to that fawning idiot that he was before Brooke. Yeah. Because I expected him, I would have expected him to be the one angling for the job himself because that's exactly what Brooke would have done. And in one of the episodes, or in several of the episodes, I think it's Allison that always refers to him as sort of like turning into Brooke. Yeah, she did say that about three episodes back. You know, so so if that is the case, if that's what we were led to believe, which I think that the writers were sort of, you know, taking us down that path, you know, it would have been, it would have made more sense for him to sort of, you know, screw the boss and screw the boss. Totally. And take that job. Totally. And then and then they're really seeing that storyline through to a very, in a very different direction. But that's not what happens here. No, that's not. I mean, basically, no. at he he throws Amanda a birthday party where he invites all the D and D bigwigs, and right when they cut the birthday cake, which looks really fucking good, um, it did look good. It did look good. Michael Debar hands Amanda an envelope and says, "I think you'll be pleased." And she's got a three year contract with D and D. Yep, yep, it's her three year guarantee. Yep. Yeah, so she's she's there for another three years. And, you know, she gets her contract and, you know, forget thank you. Billy's like, let's go celebrate. And she's like, no, I'm going to go celebrate with Peter instead. Yeah, not not even a second later. She gives him the brush up right then and there. Yeah. And tells him she's going back to Peter. Yep. And, and Billy he... then is like, well, I put my butt in the line for you. I'm not really sure how he really made himself vulnerable to Arthur Field, but okay, fine. Okay, fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just, again, like that whole thing, there was, there's, I mean, why, why do I expect continuity on this show? But at least (laughs) there would have been continuity of behavior. um, And they had turned him into like such an asshole and, you know, and, and fucking everybody just to get ahead on the job and stuff like that. And this would have been that sort of penultimate screw you Amanda like this this would have been perfect for the new Billy and instead they just it was like he turned around and he was the old Billy all over again yeah yeah it is one step back but and and so how do you bring him back from this now can they does he go back to being the asshole no and so he's back to being the doe-eyed Billy pretty much so how do you how do you how do you justify that? How do you They don't don't you know they don't bother justifying things, they just move on. They just move on. Okay. I got I got to stop expecting that. Yeah, no they don't uh it's not required. You don't have to actually justify any of it. Um I do like as Amanda's uh trying to wrap Billy around her finger, she said, "I don't have friends, Billy, just enemies and associates," which is really Amanda in a nutshell. Yeah, it is Amanda, but that's why we love her. That is why she is Amanda Woodward. Exactly. Um, so, so she, yeah, she goes back to Peter, who welcomes her with open arms, but then something does, happens. Something happens, and so now we're going to wrap around a little bit. Um, 
earlier in the episode, it starts with Kimberly meeting Peter in secret at the beach, saying how she is committed to Michael despite her multiple personalities, which I believe we only see Kimberly all episode. No Betsy, no Rita. It's just yeah, Kimberly just being Kimberly. aware and being worried about what this is doing to her relationship. Right? Yes, there is no Betsy and there is no Rita. Um, and, and so then the next thing I know is Peter is telling Michael that they are going to go down to San Diego to judge this beauty contest. It's Miss Health and Wellness, M- California, Miss Health, Miss Health and Fitness LA. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Well, yeah. and this is all on Kimberly's behest because she basically yeah. begged Peter to get Michael out of town because she needed alone time to talk to her personality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Peter does it and he drags Michael to San Diego and Michael doesn't want to go. No, Michael is super, I mean, he is like the most like temperate I've ever seen him. He wants to resist all temptation. Yeah, he doesn't want to be around women. He doesn't want to be around alcohol. He really doesn't want to be away from Kimberly. He is committed to making his marriage work. Yes, this is like the one episode we will see this, and it's not even going to be a full episode. (laughs) Because and then in walks while they're in San Diego, in walks one of the best parts of this episode. Oh yeah, Lonnie Anderson. Lonnie Anderson and her daughter Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Yes. So the prom queen of the past and the pro- not the prom queen, the pageant queen of the past and the pageant queen of the present. Mo- uh, mother and daughter. Yes. A present slash future. Maybe. 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 Okay. So I love Lonnie Anderson. Okay. What? Like that what? was like all cheer when Lonnie Anderson walked on. Right. I love her. This is still a stupid storyline. Oh, it's really stupid. Not, I- not, not of its time, I would say, but yeah, it's really stupid. I mean, yes, it was of its time, but the way that it ended was not of its time. Mm, I think you may be romanticizing how clunky and primitive, even in 96, some of these storylines were. Oh, I thought you like of its time in terms of like... Con- like like speaking to contemporary issues issues in the oh. 90s, that's oh it. no oh no i just meant in terms of like how kind of remedial it was about gotcha. like her harassment and such gotcha. so okay so right from go uh i i don't remember lonnie anderson's name on the sh- the character's name um, but Lon- lonnie it. and her daughter brandy and that's denise richards like get there Clause. They like they make their marks uh, out of Peter and and Michael, and so um, what's her name? Uh, Lonnie Anderson uh, asks Peter to have dinner with her, and of course she makes her move in the elevator. She she stops the elevator, and he demurs, and she goes, "You just made a big mistake. You just better vote for Brandy tomorrow," and then gets out of the elevator. Meanwhile, Michael is brooding alone on the beach, and that's when Brandy, Denise Richards, approaches him, and he's resistant, and she she pushes him down and straddles him, and seems like he is no longer resistant, that she has successfully seduced him while Lonnie Anderson is watching. All she had to say is, just lie there and do nothing, and Michael was seduced. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, I can't, I can't fight this. All right, yeah, have me. <laughs> um, and because we don't see anything else happen or not happen, we have to assume that he did sleep with her, and of course he loses his wedding ring in right. the process or in, in the, the sand. sand. In the sand, yes, yes. So Michael apparently votes for Brandy, uh, votes for for Brandy. But Brandy ends up first runner-up, and it appears right. because Peter didn't vote for her. Yeah, I think right before they announce the winner and the first runner-up is when Michael leans over to Peter and goes, I just hope you voted for Brandy. Yes. And then, of course, I guess he didn't. It wasn't enough because Denise Richards is first runner-up. And Lonnie Anderson is pissed, and she threatens revenge. We have not seen the last of her. No. 
So that uh, Michael does come back to Kimberly and he tells her about the lost wedding ring. Yeah, he was um, body surfing. Right, right. Which, okay, if that's what you want to call it, not wrong. Fine. And Kimberly uh, does seem to have straightened out her ish at the moment. She seems, you know, Michael, I missed you. I'm glad, you know, like, like, like she wanted him gone. Now she wants him back. It seems like she might have worked her shit out. Yeah. She thinks she did. Yeah. Uh, I think we all know better, but yeah. For now. Yes, for now. But and now her- Michael is hot. Michael's, Michael's got a secret. Not unlike Jake. Yeah. Michael, not very much not unlike Jake. Um, so, so yeah, Michael was good for like, uh, 40% of an episode. So baby steps. Um, and I think that basically takes us back to where we were. Amanda, after getting what she wants with the contract and saying bye-bye Billy, goes back to Peter's house. Surprises Peter there. Um, and then the surprise is on Amanda and Peter because Lonnie Anderson drives up from wherever they were. And storms into Peter's house with a bad, bad announcement. Yeah. So she's claiming that Peter had sex with Brandy, who is only 17. Yeah. And now Peter is going to get in big trouble. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to sue him. And, you know, Amanda is not one to stand by her man if he is put in charge with statutory rape she gets in her car and drives off which was the right thing to do yeah not a great birthday but the right thing to do right that was the right thing to do and And i I have ended the episode and and that was the end of the episode well no no it wasn't because they after that scene you think that's going to be the end and that's when they have the scene with joe finding the bruises on young tyler Right. And that's why I was like, you had your tag for the episode. I'm surprised you did this, but whatever. Yeah, that was actually a real, a, a really weird way to end it. Um, but the, the only thing I could think of is maybe they were going to lead off with that. You know what I mean? Like next episode, sure. Sure. Joe is going to be the A storyline, perhaps. Although I don't know how she can be, you know, after the whole Lonnie Anderson statutory rape mic drop thing. No, I'm pretty sure she's not the A plot, but they, at least I'm pretty sure they do see that plot through. So, you know, thank goodness for those small favors. So I'm surprised that you missed this because this was again, one of the moments that, that made me go, ah, Melrose um, in the episode about Bobby and Sid. Oh, oh, the, yes. Oh, I, yeah, but, yeah. I said in the beginning how Sid is trying to get Bobby into bed, and then what I did not say is later on she gets Bobby drunk and they get tattoos. Yes. But the be- okay, so this was but actually <laughs> this was actually Lori's idea because she and Sid went to Shooters to, for lunch, where Sid was basically telling her, "I'm, t- I'm, you know, I'm so busy with Bobby, but." you know, you go stay with Joe and get the free babysitting while you can. And Lori drops the, well, you know, my boyfriend and I got these matching tattoos and it was so romantic and it really bonded us. And that gives Sid the idea that, oh, well, I'm going to get Bobby drunk and we're going to go get tattoos. And (laughs) so Bobby, Bobby wakes up the next day with a roaring hangover and a giant ass spider web on his elbow. Yeah, huge. Yeah, and he's like, I got through the Navy, the CIA, and something <laughs> else, and I never fucked with my, messed up my skin, or something like that. And he was like, super You're absolutely pissed. right, yeah. And then she's like, but Bobby, we have matching tattoos. And he's like, where's yours? And she's got the teeny, tiniest, tiniest, <laughs> tiniest tattoo, slightly above her heart, easy to hide. Meanwhile, Bobby's is like, takes up half his arms. Yeah. Yeah. She has put her mark on Bobby. Yeah. It was actually Sydney Perfect. It's actually, it's really fun. It is, it is Sydney Perfect. I just wish it, this was going somewhere. Yeah. Cause it's got nowhere to go. Um, but before we go to Hollywood Boulevard, I wanted to let you know one thing that I just learned earlier today. Um, I was looking up an example of, of one, an old, old article I'd written years ago. And of course, I, could not find it. But you know what Googling myself turned up? 
No, what? There is a website that has basically archived every podcast to ever mention Jasmine Guy, and we are on it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's kind of random. It is. I think I think it is, I think the website is Himalaya, which maybe they do a search for in every single person's name and aggregate every mention of all individuals. I don't know. All I know is the one thing that came up is a search for Jasmine Guy. And apparently a lot of websites and podcasts have been mentioning her. It seemed like they were all talking about one particular movie called Harlem Nights that she did with Eddie Murphy. And I think in quarantine, a lot of people are rewatching it and talking about it on their own podcast. Don't know. Don't know. But I do know that the three episodes that we podcasted when she was on in season three are on this website. So, you know, wow. one, one little crevice at a time, we're making our mark around the world. Wow. Look at us go. That's right. All because and of Jasmine, go, guys. Thanks, Jasmine. Thanks, Jazz. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so that was the episode. I really enjoyed our birthday cake conversation. I we sure might have do. to go get some tomorrow. I will um, post a photo whenever we bake our lemon cake. Yes, please do. In the meantime, we're going to go to Hollywood Boulevard. We're talking. You got a book to talk about that sounds fascinating. I do. So, um, you know, please follow us. Please tell your friends that we are good for the soul during this time. And uh, if you have the time, I think you all do, uh, a five-star iTunes rating. Never hurt anyone. And visit us on Facebook, Back on the Block Pod, where you can tell us what your favorite birthday cake is. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm getting hungry just uh, at the mere thought. <laughs> Uh, All right, so we're going to see you guys over at the boulevard. Bye.